It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. You're listening to Fox News Radio. I'm Ben Domenech. Congratulations to Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana, who became the unlikely new Speaker of the House. He's inherited the worst job in politics. Johnson was a decidedly unlikely choice at the beginning of this process. For many in Washington, he's a cipher. Unlike well-known leaders like his fellow Louisianan Steve Scalise, the Majority Leader Tom Emmer of Minnesota, the House GOP's number three leader as Whip, or Jim Jordan of Ohio, the prominent judiciary chairman, Johnson's reputation isn't really marked by ambition. More, it's marked by a deep personal faith. This makes him less controversial inside the Republican conference. They're all Christians, obviously, for the most part, but it may render him more controversial outside the halls of Congress with our aggressively anti-Christian media. As Speaker, he now inherits a dramatic, not to mention unwieldy, series of political challenges for the House itself, as well as for the fortunes of his Republican caucus. Before his work in Congress, Johnson was known as a litigator for the conservative free speech group Alliance Defending Freedom, previously known as the Alliance Defense Fund. Conservative lawyers in Congress are a dime a dozen, but not all of them come from the teetotaling branch of Fellowship Hall Christianity, familiar to many Republican voters, but sometimes absent from Washington's top ranks. In his announcement celebrating Johnson's ascendance, Scalise notes that he holds a faith that drives him so deeply that some actually mock him, unquote. No GOP leader since George W. Bush has been so closely associated with the religious wing of the Republican Party. And Bush himself was obviously an adult convert, not a lifelong believer as an evangelical. Johnson's speakership breaks with recent conventions of GOP leadership. He's not a member of the House Freedom Caucus, nor is he known as being a glad-handing pro-business representative, which is obviously the starting ground for a lot of speakers. Instead, lobbyists were scrambling in the past week to try to find the best avenue to connect with his small staff. Instead of the knee-jerk fiscal conservatism that has been the North Star for House Republicans for more than a decade under the likes of Paul Ryan, some members privately compared Johnson to former Senator Rick Santorum of Pennsylvania. He's marked more by pro-family priorities than by histograms about federal spending and deficits. He sat down this week with Sean Hannity for a first interview post uh, his rise to the speakership in which he had a few words to say about the origin of his ideology. Here's Mike Johnson answering a question from Sean. The press, the left have come at you and come at you hard. Um, specifically, I'll give you two big issues. One on the issue, you, you once worked for the Alliance Defense Fund, a Christian advocacy group. Yep and comments you had made both in writing and advocacy for this group about homosexuality, calling it sinful, destructive, um, and, and not supporting gay marriage. Um, quote, no clear right to sodomy in the Constitution. You have been getting hammered on this. Yeah. And I wanna ask you about it. I wanna know exactly 
you know, where you stand. Some of these comments were 15 years ago. I don't even remember some of them. I, I was a litigator that was called upon to defend the state marriage amendments. If you remember back in the early 2000s, I think it was over 35 states, somewhere in that number, that, that the people went to the ballot in their respective states and they amended their state constitutions to say marriage is one man, one woman. Well, I was a religious liberty defense lawyer and I was called to go in and defend those cases in the courts. Let me, let me state this very clearly, and, and there's been questions about this. Let me say where I am. Anybody that knows me will tell you this is true. I am a rule of law guy. I made a, a career defending the rule of law. I respect the rule of law. When the Supreme Court issued the Obergefell opinion, that became the law of the land, okay? I respect the rule of law, but I also genuinely love all people, regardless of their lifestyle choices. This is not about the people themselves. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's a curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, Go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so that's I make your no personal problem. worldview. That's my personal worldview. But here's the thing. Everybody comes to the House of Representatives with deep personal convictions. But all of our personal convictions are not going to become law. That's, this is a, a, a big body of people. There's 435 members in the House. You have to argue and find consensus and all of that. So I have no agenda other than what's best for the American people and to defend the rule of law. And that's what we're doing. Pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. For most Americans, that's a pretty unobjectionable statement. In fact, I can't think of a book that would take more priority in most households across the country than the Bible. In fact, I think it's probably likely to say that for most Republican households, that is the same answer that you would hear from dad or from grandpa or from the man of the house. And hopefully from the woman of the house too, though perhaps there's some other you know, self-help books or something like that that might come first. Maybe that's a cliched statement on my part, but I do believe that's true. This is something that came across as to me being very typical, something that you might hear from any kind of person who had been uh, serving as a you know deacon in their Southern Baptist church body. But it was quite the audacious statement from the new House Speaker from the perspective of one Jen Psaki, the former shoddy Biden spokesperson turned equally shoddy MSNBC host. Here's how she reacted to what Mike Johnson said. You heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview. It is his worldview. In fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about a bit of a humble brag there. Think about what you just heard there from Saki. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview, it is his worldview. How terrifying. A Christian man who actually believes the Bible is the word of God, well, that's just bonkers. It's so crazy. I mean, it's been the same thing that most of America's founders and presidents believed until, I don't know, the era of Gen Psaki. Uh, but I mean, the simple fact is that, you know, everyone knows that to believe such things nowadays makes you a crazy theocratic zealot. More of the Ben Dominish podcast right after this. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Financial Times columnist Edward Luce, who is a descendant of a long list of English lords, so you know he knows a lot about America, took it a step further in his column. He described Johnson as, quote, the most extreme figure to become U.S. Speaker since the Civil War, a, quote, end of days Republican, 
and then goes on to say that as a, quote, biblical literalist, Johnson believes in the, quote, theologically anti-Semitic view that the book of Revelation will be fulfilled in modern day Israel. Remember that this involves the second coming of Jesus and a prophesied rapture in which the righteous will be ascended to heaven and the rest, including Jews, will be slaughtered, unquote. Mr. Luce's lack of reading comprehension of the holy book notwithstanding, England is a decidedly unchurched country at this point. Let's take a step back to appreciate how out of touch all these people on the left actually are. The polling is in on the way that the American people feel about Israel and their current situation. And they are solidly within the Mike Johnson camp. They are in the world of the people who want to support our ally to the hilt. It's Democrats who are actually radically out of step with the American people on this subject. Just listen to radical Muslim Congressman Andre Carson lashing out at his fellow Democrats over his objection to support for Israel, something that he voted for along with 14 of his colleagues. I'm unafraid of the guy. And if he wants to call us despicable, I'm saying he's a coward and he's a punk and he should remember why the people sent him here. And if he wants to play some kind of tough guy or gangster, we can handle it like gentlemen and we can get into something else. A pretty strong words that you really don't hear from a member of one the same party going out, even members of opposing parties saying that. I did add, reach out to Godheimer himself and I asked him about Mr. Carson's comments. Godheimer said, said, I'll sit down with Mr. Carson anytime to talk about how we can bring hostages home, including all Americans, provide immediate humanitarian aid to Palestinian civilians being used as human shields and crush Hamas and all terrorists seeking to do us harm trying to de-escalate things. I'm also told that they'll, Carson and Godheimer are likely to meet, according to a Democratic leadership source. Or listen now to Pramila Jayapal, who warns uh, President Biden that his Israel-supporting rhetoric is out of step with America. Here's the Congresswoman. Because what I think is that the president needs to be just as courageous on this issue so that we keep the unity within our country for the support of the incredible things he has done. He is... I think, um, you know, going to be challenged to explain uh, an issue of this moral significance to people. The American people are actually quite far away from where uh, the president and even Congress, the majority of Congress, has been on Israel and Gaza. They, they support the right for Israel to defend itself, to exist, but they do not support a war crime exchanged for another war crime. And I think the president has to be careful about that. And I would call him because I know him well. I've had uh, breakfast with him. I've had the honor of working with him. I would call him to bring us to a higher place, to let the American people, uh, to, to really call to the American people on a moral issue of this nature. And then I think we can go forward and talk about the incredible things that he has done. But I am certainly concerned about his approach to this. Both of these members of Congress are full of crap. And that's saying something because most members of Congress are already, in my view, made up of about 40% crap and crap adjacent products. They are full of it to the nth degree. The reality that we have to face if we're conservatives, independents, liberty-minded people who support the nation of Israel, or Israel as it's called where I grew up in the American South, is that we have a leadership class that is more than ready to sell our greatest ally in the Middle East out. They think people who have a Bible in a hollowed place in their house are nuts. 
They think people who cherish the Testaments, new and old, or memorize verses, as I did, and I'm sure probably many of you did around the kitchen table as a kid, they think that we're nuts too. We're the dangerous zealots passing on our zealotry to our children. But the truth is, they're the zealots. They are ideological zealots who put their own priorities ahead of everything else. Even on a simple, agnostic, rational view, it is in our interest to support our allies and Israel is our closest ally in the Middle East. Those of us who go beyond that, we have the audacity to believe in a God who loves his children. We take the commandments of the Bible seriously. We pray for the world and for peace and for Israel. They call us fanatics. They call us theocrats. They call us maniacs. And for what? For believing as Christians have always believed. G.K. Chesterton said that the act of defending any of the cardinal virtues has today all the exhilaration of a vice. So let Mike Johnson be exhilarated because he rebels against the world as it intends to be and envisions instead the world of God's creation as it ought to be. Set right through the only method it can be set right, through the love and worship of the Lord our God, author of all things, whose plan for us and plan for Israel is more than enough for people of faith. Hold fast to that faith. Reject the accusations of the left in the media and in the Congress. We know the truth, and it sets us free. I'm Ben Dominich. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.